Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. We're joined again today by Kevin Berthia for part two of his story. Kevin Berthia was on the edge, literally. In March of 2005, Kevin had fallen on some tough times. His daughter was born premature, which racked up some very expensive medical bills. And he felt as though the burden was too much. He made his way to the Golden Gate Bridge and climbed over the railing. But before he could do anything, California Highway Patrol Officer Kevin Briggs intervened. He managed to help Berthia see the light and stop him from ending his life far too soon. Today on Connections, Kevin Berthia will share his story and tell us how he is using his own experience to help others. We're joined again today by Kevin Berthia. When he was just 22 years old, he made his way to the Golden Gate Bridge where he attempted to end his life. A miracle happened that day and he was met up by Officer Kevin Briggs who managed to convince him that there was still more to life. Kevin Berthia continues to struggle with mental health issues up until this day and had 22 attempts of suicide after that event. But there was one thing that saved him and that was a that his mom wrote to Officer Briggs right after that incident happened. Now, Officer Briggs kept that letter, and the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention decided one year that they wanted to honor a first responder, and that first responder that they honored was Officer Kevin Briggs. Because he kept that letter, they were looking for somebody to hand him the award. And, you know, he thought about my mom. So he, they, the AFSP reached out to my mom, and, um, you know, after she wanted to come and, and present... Officer Briggs with the award. My mom um, pretty much has had a stroke. She's been going through some, you know, health complications. She couldn't, you know, fly on a plane, and you know that that wasn't her thing. So she literally um, convinced me, and I have to say, convinced me because she knew if she told me that I was going to New York to meet Sergeant Briggs, I never would have went. Um, she kind of made it seem like she made she won some radio station tickets, and they was going to fly her to New York, and <laughs> she was giving it to me. And, <laughs> So, you know, I got an opportunity and, you know, I'm not going to turn down New York. So I went to New York, you know, got on a plane, got into this hotel room. Um, at, the, at this time, I'm with my with my, with, 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 uh, my ex at the time. And it's, it's just crazy how all this is working out. I get to, we get to New York. Um, I find out that why I'm in New York when I get to, uh, when I get to the hotel room, because the radio station calls me. The radio station calls me and says, um, hey, we just want to reach out to you. And I'm thinking they're looking for my mom. And they're actually looking looking for me. They say, "Well, we want to talk to you." And I'm like, "Okay, well, how did you, I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out how they got my name because I don't ask any questions. And my mom knows how I am. I just go to go to. I just show up. When people ask me to do stuff, I just I just I don't ask any questions. It's, what's the point? I just I just do it. Like it's just that's just me. And she was just banking on me, not asking no questions. Radio station called and they said that we want to talk to you about your eight year reunion with your first responder. And I, I was blown away. I'm like, well, I didn't know what they were talking about. I said, let me call you back. And I went and called my mom back. And I said, well, why am I here? She said, you're going to meet the man in the picture. And I said, come on, mom. But I, I didn't have it. I, I was stuck. There's nothing I could do. The radio station, call, I called the radio station back. And that was the first time that I talked about March 11, 2005, like ever. That was the first time. Um, and that night I met Officer Briggs at the Columbus Circle at the, at the you know, at, we, we met at the Jazz Center and, at a, at a cocktail hour, it was the first time I meet him. I didn't know what to expect from this man. I didn't know how he was going to be. Now that I know I'm meeting him, I didn't know if he was going to want me to bow at him, kiss his feet. You know, I mean, of course, I know he saved my life, you know, so to speak. So it's like I didn't know what type of person he was. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But as soon as I met him, I knew exactly how and why he saved me. Uh, he was a very compassionate man. It was just like two old high school buddies being reunited again. It was just, you know, he met me on the worst day of my life, but we've had – we have this bond, and I can't explain it. 
but you know, it's just I, I, I love this man like like I like I love a family member. It's just that's just the the, the bond that we have, and, and we that day I got I was able to get on stage and talk openly for the first time about that day, March 11, 2005, and um, I, the magnitude of weights that were lifted that day, everything in my life changed because when I came down off stage, uh, it was it was you know a line starting to form around, you know, close to the table I was sitting at. I didn't know what it was for, but the first lady in that line, she was, you know, clearly distraught in tears. And I'm a very empathetic and emotional person, so I couldn't really look at her in the face. But she said, you know, hey, Kevin, you know, I just wanted to come down and tell you, you know, she said, please, can you look at me in my eyes? I need you to look at me. And I really need to tell you something important. She said, my son Jacob um, lost his battle five years ago. And um, I haven't slept in five years, but I'm going to sleep tonight because now I understand what Jacob was going through. In that moment, everything in my life changed because two things happened. I realized that, one, I wasn't alone. My whole entire life, I felt like I was alone. My whole entire life, I felt like nobody in the world could understand what I was going through. And, two, I realized that it was so much bigger than me, that everything in my life wasn't about me, and it was so much bigger than me because here I, here I was, the worst day of my life just gave this woman of five years who hasn't slept hope. And I wanted to change everything about my life. That was May 7, 2013. Um, I flew back to California. That, I call, that was in New York. I flew back to California. I called in sick the next day because I was trying to figure out how I was going to get my life together because I was tired of being a lion. I was tired of, of telling people, you know, I was this way when I really was this way. I was just tired of being that lie. I got on the stage and I'm literally being vulnerable. I've opened myself up and I've showed the world the person that I've been hating. And finally, they loved me for it. And it was just like this, this, this surge of just positive energy and I just wanted to always keep that I wanted to just stand on that and it took me about two weeks to get it together but I knew I had to make some, some serious decisions I knew I had to leave the relationship I was in that I was you know dealing with my kid's mother well, off and on for about 10 years it just it was toxic I had to leave friends that were that were that weren't good for me I had to leave environments that weren't good for me but on May 21st 2013 I, I decided that this was the day I was gonna take back my life um since that day I have since May 21st, 2013, I have been able to do a magnitude of things. Um, I've traveled around this country. I've traveled this world. I've, I've been able to have the opportunity to, to speak, you know, probably 200 times, you know, on, on, on different venues, different stages, um, Army, Navy, Marines, Special Corps, um, um, high schools, elementary, colleges, universities. Um, I've traveled, you know, I've had the opportunity, me and Briggs have had the opportunity to, to to share together at least ten times, you know, in different different you know places. We we I've had an opportunity to you know uh, write a book with him and and, and be, it just it just the the magnitude of things that came out of that day. I can't even express to you or even put in words the way my life has changed because of because of the opportunity that somebody took the chance to really just listen to me. And, and um, speaking of that day, you credit God for bringing Officer Briggs to you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your faith and what role that played through all of this as well. Um, my, my, I grew up in a church. My whole life, I grew up in a church. Uh, when my parents divorced in '95, uh, I stopped. Ha- it, it, the church stopped being a responsibility because I was now was I would live with my dad. It, w- it was not more family church days, uh, but I lived in a church and I kind of got away from the church from 13 to about 22. Well, 13 to about 30. One, when I actually took back my life, so I went 20 years really not praying, really not in the Bible, and I just kind of gotten back into that understanding of why things existed because I had to realize I didn't pick the bridge. The bridge was picked for me, 
And because of my faith now and understanding that, because I have no idea how I got up at 448 and and, 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 and had no suicide note. I've talked to hundreds of families. I've talked to, I've talked to, you know, so many different people who thought about going to bridge or went to the bridge. They all had a plan. They all had a vision before, a plan before. I've not heard one person that said on the day of, who I didn't even know about the bridge. That's how let me know it was, it was always mandated for my life that it was going, this was, you know, you know, being that, that, that I'm an emp- this empathetic person that I'm who I am. This is, this is just who my purpose is. Like mental health, this, this calling is just who my, I was always going to have the bridge in my life. And that bridge was to help people from going to their own personal bridges. Um, and I think that, you know, my faith is, is, is my stronghold. And the, the only thing that sustains me now is, is really just praying, having a good environment. I mean, it's just so many different things that I do now to keep positive, to keep on the road of success, because I still battle with depression. I still battle with worthlessness. I still battle with all these different things. They haven't went away. The same struggles that I had in 2005 that, that brought me to the bridge, I still have those same struggles now. They haven't went away. I just have to I just have to realize that they don't define me and learn how to move forward in them and, and deal with them, you know, you know and in a way where they don't overwhelm. And now you're using your experience and what you're going through still to this day to help others. Can you tell us more about Absolutely. that? Um, so I get the opportunity. Well, you know, before before the the um, the virus hit, I was able to opportunity to really just travel. Um, the greatest thing about being on that stage is and that platform is people hear you, and then they they I can't tell you afterwards the two hour you know the two hours that I get to spend afterwards and really just listen to people in their stories. Um, I'm big on social media where I'm you know I, I have this platform and I've been given, so I've been I constantly am going through the, the, the Facebook groups, um, constantly finding people who are feeling lonely, who are in that dark place, who, who are reaching out and saying, you know, I want to die tonight or, or nobody cares. I, I reach out to these people and inbox them. That's, that's been a personal ministry of mine where I seek out at least 20 individuals to encourage every single day. Um, and that's been my journey every single day, that no matter what, no matter how I feel on the inside, it's my obligation to encourage at least 20 people a day. And for someone out there who is going through what you were going through that day on the Golden Gate Bridge and then multiple times after, what would you say to that person? If we have someone listening right now that is just at the end of their rope, they just they can't one, see that light, one, what would you say? For one, you don't deserve how you feel. I think a lot of times we 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 feel we feel down for so long we think we deserve it the first thing we need to realize is you do not deserve how you feel the second thing you need to realize is you got to accept the things that make you feel the way you feel like i did never accepted why i was down the moment i accepted why i was down it created a new it it, it just created a new area of of understanding about who i am you have to accept the things that made you feel who, the way you feel you have to the things you go through in your life, they're not, they're not meant to, to destroy you. They, they're teaching tools. The happy moments are teaching tools. The bad moments are teaching tools. And I think that, you know, if you are in that dark place right now, you have to realize that the light inside you, you have everything inside you built enough to get to the next point in your life. You do. And it's not about the things that we've lost. We have everything left. The things that we have left, you know, I've lost a multitude of things, you know, 22 suicide attempts. You would think I lost, I lost it all, but I, but, but I still, if I can come out of this and I'm no different than anybody else, I'm no, I'm no, I'm not special. 
There's nothing special about Kevin Brazier. I'm just a regular guy like everybody else, you know. But the, but my understanding of who I am and, and understanding that depression doesn't define me. The things that you're dealing with, no matter what you're dealing with, it doesn't define who you are. And there are brighter days. There are better days. And you're living proof of that. For people who want to learn more about you, about your foundation, about the work that you're doing now to help others, how can they go about doing that? I have uh, the, uh, org. That, that, that's the foundation, um, Um That's the foundation. I can be, my, I'm, I'm, I'm on Facebook, Kevin Berthea Foundation. Um, Kevin Berthea Suicide Prevention Advocate is Facebook. Um, I'm on YouTube. Uh, Kevin Berthea, at Kevin Berthea Twitter, Kevin Berthea Facebook. And the reason why my name, I put my name on everything is because I've always not been, you know, okay with who I am. And finally, when I accept who I am, I accept the, the, the Kevin Berthea assignment, the Kevin Berthea calling. And, you know, I'm just out there. You know, you Google my name, my story is out there. I have a, I have a great gold cast video that's out there. Um, just, you know, I'm available. Um, I'm, if, if, if you ever need somebody to talk to, I can help you transition to find somebody that, that that's good for you in your hometown, your home state. I have very, I have a lot of connections. I've been to, you know, over 40 states in this in this country. I mean, so I mean, I have the connection. So it's not nothing that I can't or help you with. So you know, just reach out. Thanks again for joining us on Connections. Remember, if you want to listen to the full episodes, you could do that. You're going to listen once in the morning, once in the evening. You can also listen to the podcast version at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast. But don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.